Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. Buenos dias. Happy New Year. Again, I, I said all week long, last week didn't seem to count. It was just a rough start of the year. So let's, let's say Happy New Year today, okay? Turn to somebody and say, Happy New Year. <laughs> oh my goodness, I am so, so, so excited. I want to greet anyone watching or listening online or listening to this later. Hope to see you in the house soon. Uh, you know, if you uh, have been around for the past few months, you know that we were coming into this new year and the word that the Lord gave us, the theme for this year for 2022 is every word. How about we read together our memory verse? Let's read it in English and then in Spanish. All right, let's go. People, it starts with people. Okay, people do not live by bread alone, but by Some of us learned this last Sunday. When we, when we see all caps, we shout it. All right, let's do that again. Ready? People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4. Four. En español, la gente no vive solo de pan, sino de que sale de la boca de Dios. Mateo 4, 4. Very good. And our goal and commitment this year as a church family is to read every word of God together in 2022. Tap somebody and say, that's you. And then turn and say, that's me. We're going to read every word of God together in 2022. Now turn to somebody else and tap them and say, vamos a leer. You can do it. I know you can do it. Okay, say, vamos a leer cada palabra de Dios juntos en el 2022. Uh, give yourselves a high five and a clap for that one. <laughs> well, give each other a high five and yourselves a hand. <laughs> Maybe you're, you're new to Encounter Church or you hadn't been around or you, you missed the memo somehow that we're reading the Word of God together, everyone together on the same uh, Bible plan. Or you uh, you just been a rebel and you said, I'm not going to do it. But guess what? You can start today. We're just one week into it. You can go ahead. If you didn't start on January 1st, just go ahead and get started today. There's a way in the Bible app that you can actually cause it to catch you up. Or you could just be a little bit behind everybody else. But the point is, we're reading the one-year Bible uh, plan together. It'll take us through the whole Bible this year. Um, all together, we're all reading the same things at the same times. Uh, and, and it's been crazy to hear, just in the first week, uh, the conversations Liz and I have been able to have, and then to hear Deanna pray what she prayed, and then other things I've heard other people say. Why? Because we're all reading the same thing. So it, it's sparking really good conversations, and I really believe, uh, mini commercial, that our discipleship groups this year are going to go to a totally higher level because uh, we know, we learned all last year, that discipleship happens, the, the culture of Jesus comes through what? Hey, the words of Jesus. So as we're reading the words of Jesus together, the words of God together, we're going to grow powerfully together. Now, 
Uh, many of you were with us last Sunday, the first Sunday of the year. Uh, many, many were not. Uh, it was a holiday weekend and a, I'm so tired of that jerk called COVID. I'm so tired. We'd, we just got to finish kicking it out, right? But I know that there, were, there have been a lot of people um, in the past few weeks over the holidays sick with COVID and the flu and sinus infections and all kinds of nonsense. So it's so wonderful to see so many back in the house this morning. Turn to somebody else one more time and give them a high five and say, I'm so glad to see you back. <laughs> well, if you were with us, you, if you were with us last week, you have already heard a good bit of what I'm going to say today. Not all of it. No worries. Okay. But I said last week that we would do this for at least two weeks. Okay. And, and maybe more. I'm still waiting to hear from what the Holy Spirit is saying about this. But at least last Sunday and today, our um, uh, topic, I can't say it's a sermon title because it's way too long for that. But our topic is fasting, prayer, and the word for a new wineskin. Okay? Fasting, prayer, and the word for a new wineskin. And because so many of us were out uh, last week, many of you may have listened to it online, but also because it's so stinking important what we learned last week, and we didn't want to just hear it and learn it, we're going to put it into practice this week, amen? So I'm going to give a pretty thorough uh, review of, of some of the things we covered last week, and then we're going to build on that um, a little bit more to launch us into this week of fasting and prayer. I asked this morning uh, a group of folks uh, who already started fasting, because our fast starts today, right? And, and, and I, I, I decided to go ahead and start fasting uh, this morning. I know some others of you are fasting, and I want to encourage everyone else to, uh, if you would, just decide how you would like to fast, and if you're still not convinced by the end of this word, I believe you will be. Ready? So last Sunday, uh, we learned from Genesis chapter 1, which, by the way, was in our Bible reading plan, right? Genesis chapter 1. And then we also took a look at, at Matthew 9. And let's just, let's just review some stuff. And because it is a review, uh, I'll pause and let you, uh, let you answer the questions, all right? Because I know uh, some of you really got this. When God is about to do something new, we learn from Genesis 1, all right? When God is about to do something new, what does the Holy Spirit do? Okay, let me say that again. When God is about to do something new, what does the Holy Spirit do? He hovers, right? We learn in Genesis chapter 1 when God was about to create uh, the earth, the Holy Spirit was hovering, right? And what was the Holy Spirit waiting for? The Word of God, right? So when God is... Is, 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 is preparing, you could say that not that God really needs to prepare, he prepares us. But when God is getting ready to do something new in the earth, the Holy Spirit hovers. He hovers, he broods like he brooded and hovered over the waters of creation. And the Holy Spirit is always, in order to spring into action, he's always awaiting the... The word of God, because then God spoke, right? And he said, let there be light, and then, boom, light was. I believe we may have this for the screen, but I'll just say it again. When God is about to do something new, the Holy Spirit 
hovers, awaiting the word. Whatever God wills, he speaks, and his spirit then performs his word, right? Whatever God wills, right? When God said, we learned this, when God said, let there be light, it was more than just words. It was an act of his will. Literally uh, translated from the original language, God willed light into existence, right? And how did he will it? He spoke it. And when he spoke it, who performed it? The spirit, his spirit, right? Very good, all right? So, I, I told you last week, I'll say it again, I've been sensing, especially the final few months of 2021, not saying that the Holy Spirit isn't always with us, he's with us, he's in us, he's come upon us, we're baptizing the Holy Spirit, all that, no, 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 that's not what I'm referring to. I have sensed the Holy Spirit like in a new way, just hovering over us, hovering over Encounter Church. And... It's because he wants to do something new. Because how many of us know that what we have so far experienced, this ain't everything. It's amazing what we've experienced. But when I read the Bible, there's a lot more we're supposed to be experiencing and that's what I, I i just kept hearing the holy spirit saying like hovering over us there's more there's more there's more there's more there's more there's so much more for us for encounter church and he said but before i pour out the more there's got to be a new you remember wine skin and we learned about that from Matthew 9, right? We learned about that. I'll review it here just a bit. But what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me over and over again, and it sort of came to, a, uh, to me as a surprise. He said, for the new thing I'm going to do, there has to be a new wineskin, a new container, right? For what I'm going to pour out, there's got to be a new container to, to hold it. A new wineskin from Matthew 9. And so clearly he spoke to me, the beginning of December, I believe it was. He said, the new wineskin is, anybody remember what it is? Uh-oh. There we go. Faith. The new wineskin is faith. And, and, and I'm like, Lord, isn't everything faith? <laughs> There's a scripture that, that says from beginning to end, it's all faith, right? Faith is not anything new. Faith isn't anything new to us. In fact, to be a believer, to be a Christian, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, the, the first thing you need is faith. Faith activates the grace of God in our life, right? By faith, we receive God's grace that saves us and heals us and delivers us and everything. Faith, but by faith, we have experienced many things. But I just continue to hear the Holy Spirit. For the more that I want to do, there's got to be more faith. For the bigger that I want to do, there's got to be Bigger faith. And this is going to take some time to really develop. And I really believe that as we read through the word, our faith this year is going to grow to a level we've never experienced before. As individuals and as a church family as well, I believe our faith. We're going to look back at the end of this year and go, 
I can't believe the faith I now have compared to what it was just a few months ago, right? And specifically, I didn't really get much into this last Sunday, but I want us to to put up on the screen. Very specifically, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, faith for three things, okay? Bigger, bigger, these three things in a bigger way, so bigger faith for these three things, all right? If we have it, if not, I'll tell you. Faith for a great harvest of souls and disciples. Yes? Faith for a great harvest of souls and disciples. You know, we've always, we always pray for people to get saved. But this year, you guys, I believe lots of people are going to get saved. We're always, you know, asking the Holy Spirit for, for the fire and for boldness to share the gospel. And, you know, and, 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 and encouraging each other and, and telling other people about Jesus, you know. But I believe this year, more than ever before, there's going to be like a revival of evangelism, if you will. An awakening in us first to go and reach out to our city, the lost people in our city, and teach them to follow Jesus. Come on, faith for a great harvest of souls and disciples. Another thing uh, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me is this, faith for the outpouring and manifestation of the Spirit. Faith for the outpouring and the manifestation of the Spirit. Again, have we experienced the outpouring and the manifestation of the Spirit? Yes. Is there more? Yes. I can tell you from personal experience as a teenager living through times of revival, I've lived more than what we're living today. I've experienced greater manifestation of the Spirit Spirit back in the 90s and the early 2000s than we're seeing happen today. But you guys, a new wave of revival is coming. A new outpouring of the Holy Spirit is coming. New manifestation of the Holy Spirit is coming, and some of you might be like, that makes me a little nervous. That's okay. Before I ever experienced it for myself, it made me a little nervous. But the Holy Spirit is hovering, ready, ready to be poured out on us and manifest in a new powerful way. I believe we pray for it all the time. I believe we're going to see signs and wonders and a whole new level of miracles and healings. I believe we're going to see people just by being in the same room with them come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit just because they're near us. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit through us. I believe we're going to see it. Another thing that the Holy Spirit said, so uh, faith for a great harvest of souls and disciples. Faith for the outpouring and manifestation of the Spirit. And another thing the Holy Spirit said so clearly, and I shared a testimony about it. I'm going to briefly share it again. But it's this, faith for abundant finances and resources. The Holy Spirit said, it's time to start prospering now. We, 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 hope, we hope for prosperity and we pray for prosperity. But what we need, y'all, is faith for prosperity. And, 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 and not to prosper to make us rich. Okay? But what happens When you have more than enough. What happens when I have more than enough? We give. We share. And when we give and we share, what happens to people? They get reached. Faith for greater prosperity, right? Many of you heard this. So sorry for repeating it, but not sorry. Because I 
You know, we were really believing for a big breakthrough at the end of 2021 in our finances. And, and uh, so many of you have been so generous this past year and throughout the years with your tithes and offerings. But, man, I could have never expected what happened in December. Uh, right after Christmas, I got a call from a friend who said, huh, Pastor Hunter, tell me about, um, just mention specifically what you want to do in missions in 2022. Missions in the nations, okay? What a blessing that we don't just get blessed for ourselves, we get blessed for the nations, amen? Uh, uh, Encounter Church, that's still a small, medium church. We are blessing the nations, right? What are we going to be able to do when we're a big church? I'm about to fly through the roof with faith right now for what God's going to do through us. But he said, tell me, tell me about your missions projects in 22 and 22 specifically. I said, well, there's two main ones. There's more than two, but there's two main ones that, 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 that we're really committed to. Number one, Cuba. Number two, Mexico. Long story short, to continue feeding and discipling children in Cuba, but to raise the bar, okay, to be officially constantly feeding and discipling 300 kids in Cuba, which, by the way, if you didn't know that, we do that, okay? If you didn't know that, you do that, okay? Because 10% of our monthly tithes and offerings goes to missions, okay, and to others, to other ministries. But we want to raise it to 300, and from that, from the children that are being reached, We want to be able to fund three new church plants in Cuba, okay? To plant three new churches in 2022. How many of us believe we could do that? All right. Then, uh, anybody remember Felicia Brown? So shine the light. She has been on the ground in Mexico and planning planning a a, a mass crusade uh, in the city where I was a missionary for eight years, where Liz and Julian and Sara and Leti and Julian are from, okay? It's a city that really, really, really needs an awakening. Been through lots of really unfortunate dark things over the past decade. And there, there's such a need for the gospel. So she's preparing to go and, and uh, partner with us to do a crusade. So I said to, to this person that asked me, for Cuba and for Mexico, okay, for, th- for, for that to be completely fully funded, okay, it would be, anybody remember, $180,000 or $181,000, right? That's what we're estimating for both things to happen, to feed those kids all year long, to plant three churches, to do a crusade in Mexico. Oh, oh and by the way, through the crusade, plant three churches in Mexico too. Okay, so six churches. We'll plant six churches, three in Cuba, three in Mexico. We'll feed and disciple 300 kids, and we'll do a mass crusade and win lots of souls in Mexico. Yes? Yes, $180,000, okay? He said, I'm going to send you a matching fund, dollar for dollar, for $90,000. So for every dollar that we give into missions, there's a dollar all the way up to 90,000. What's 90,000 times two? 180,000. With that, we are going to be fully funded to plant six churches in the nations and win lots of souls for Jesus. Amen? You say, where are we going to get $90,000 from? Faith. Faith. Say, I don't have it. Me either. I don't even have 9,000 to give. 
but God does. How many of you, how many of you believe God can use you? We all got more excited about money than about souls and disciples and revival. <laughs> but there's, a, there's something to that because we understand in order to see the move of God, th- there are resources necessary, right? Amen? Come on, say faith. A bigger faith is the new wineskin for revival. I really, really believe that uh, that faith will be, will, faith, our growing faith will usher in the revival we've been praying for and longing to see. And where do we get faith, y'all? Say what? Where do we get faith, y'all? Oh, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and it's present progressive tense hearing come on and say and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing tell somebody and hearing and hearing and here tell somebody else and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God right that's why it's so important that we read through the Bible together not only that but To be in church and to be in our discipleship groups where we're not just reading it, but we're hearing it. There's something to hearing it. Reading it is powerful, but when we hear it, it's like extra powerful. Maybe you want to turn on your Bible app, turn on the one that reads it to you. That's pretty cool too. Something to hearing it. Sometimes I read it and hear it at the same time, so I'm like looking at it with my eyes and hearing it with my ears. Double whammy, right? There's something to hearing the word of God. And then, all of that, we learn from Genesis 1 and Matthew 9. A little bit more from Matthew 9. You know, some folks were worried that Jesus' disciples weren't fasting like they did. Why don't your disciples fast like we do? And Jesus is like, because y'all are all wrong about it, basically. But... He said this phrase, when the Son of Man is taken away, then they will fast. In other words, there is an appropriate time for fasting, right? There's an appropriate time for fasting. There's a a right time to feast, and there's a right time to fast, right? A time for feasting, a time for fasting. For all of uh, those of you that celebrate January 6th, King's Day, right? Yeah? El Dia de los Reyes. That's the end of Christmas, y'all. You're done with your feast, okay? We're done, okay? The time of feasting has concluded. And as we go into this week, starting today, this is an appropriate time to fast. Why? Because we're preparing ourselves for the new that is to come. We learned last week that fasting prepares us for the new and the fresh, right? That's why we sleep all night without eating, at least you're supposed to. We should all go through a period of at least eight hours of fasting every night. And then when we wake up in the morning, at some point, we eat, break, fast, right? We break 
the fast. The reason we eat, the, the reason we fast all night is to be ready for the new day, right? Come on, if you eat and eat and eat all day, and then you eat and eat and eat all night, and don't give your body a chance to process and get rid of everything you put in it, you won't be ready. We won't be ready for the next day. We won't be ready for what we're supposed to eat. Breakfast is a break of a fast. We're fasting, physically fasting, like not eating all night, or if you've ever done fasting for your health, intermittent fasting or whatever you do, Fasting is simply a detox of our body. That, that's really what it is. It's stop putting stuff in it for a bit. <laughs> Let it process it and get rid of it. So then it's ready for, for more. And spiritual fasting and prayer is like a spiritual detox that helps us become hungry for the right things. For the right things. I asked last week, who wakes up hungry? About half of you say, you wake up, you open your eyes, and you're hungry. Others, it takes a couple of hours to get hungry. But the point is, when you don't eat for a while, you become hungry. And, 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 and God created us body, soul, and spirit. Come on, this is so important to grasp right now, okay? God created us body, soul, and spirit. And somehow, the way he created us is that when we let our bodies go without food for a while, our spirit actually kind of perks up. And we begin, this is what really happens, we begin to feel the hunger of our spirit that oftentimes we don't feel because we're constantly eating. So in a way we're, we're controlling our hunger through food. And by the way, like, we should eat. <laughs> Eating is important. Food is important. But something happens when we skip a meal or we skip a few meals or maybe even a few days, right? Something happens. Our spirit perks up and goes, hey, I'm hungry too. <laughs> How many of us want to be spiritually hungry? Oftentimes we say, I want more of God, but in reality, we're just not hungry for him. Oftentimes, again, this was last Sunday, the Lord sets a table before us, right? So it's available, but we don't really eat because we're just not, we're not hungry. Fasting helps us to get hungry for the right things, for spiritual things, for fresh things. Fasting helps us empty, of, uh, empty ourselves of the old to make room for the new. Anybody got a little bit of old you need to empty out this week? And I'm not referring to food. Think of your soul and your spirit, not only your body. Is there anything old that needs to be emptied out to make room for the new thing God wants to do and speak? Yeah? Fasting makes us become sensitive and aware of our need, our spirit's need. For God's spirit. Now, ready to build on this a little bit? A little bit more? This past week we read in our daily Bible reading plan, Matthew 4. 
So let's go to Matthew chapter 4. I'll let give you guys 10 seconds to get there because I know some of you are using your Bibles this year and not just depending on the screen or on the app. Um, by the way, it, uh, there is always a printed version of the, of the message outline as well as through the Bible app. There's a digital version, so you can always follow along what we're teaching on Sundays here. Um, but... I've loved seeing more people with um, the Bible in their hand this year. If you say, I love my iPad, that's fine. Just make sure you're looking at the Bible and not, you know, TikTok. I would recommend that all the time, but not just this week. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ready? We're going to read Matthew 4. We read it this week. Start with verse 1, go through verse 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he, he did what? For anyone that says fasting is only an Old Testament thing, wrong. All right. Jesus fasted, and he said we would too. And when he fasted, he became very hungry. <laughs> Duh. Because that's what happens, especially when you do it for 40 days. You're not hungry. You're very hungry, right? During that time, what time? The time he was fasting, right? The devil came and said to him, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no. What did he tell him? No. The what say? The what say? The what say? The scriptures say. The word of God says. Oh, there's our memory verse. Come on, let's read it together. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you're the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say. You ever had the devil try to use the Bible on you? The Bible says, right, he'll order his angels to protect you, and they'll hold you up with their hands. You won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, like, don't try to twist it on me. That ain't going to work. You must not test the Lord your God. Come on. It's not just knowing the word. It's understanding the word. <laughs> and Jesus understood the word. Next, the devil took him to a, the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, if you'll kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away. <laughs> Don't you love it when you're just ready and you just stand up to him and he has to go away? He just went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. How cool is that? Wow. Ready? Fasting helps us become more sensitive and aware of our need for every word of God. Why do I say this here? Because what was... The one thing 
sustaining Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. The word of God. He didn't eat anything. That's why this scripture had big, it was more than just a concept to Jesus. Man shall not let, people shall not live by bread because he hadn't eaten anything, okay, for many, many days. The one thing that was sustaining Jesus was the word of God. That's why it was the thing he went to. What do you go to in your moment of need? What do I turn to when I'm faced with stuff? What is that thing sustaining me, listen, when everything else fails? The one thing Jesus, that was sustaining Jesus in the wilderness, was the word of God. And, and that's why he, again, he turned to it. It was his only sustaining force. And fasting helped him become like hyper aware of the word of God. That's why when the devil pushed him, what got squeezed out was the word. When the devil pushes your buttons, what gets squeezed out? When the devil pushes and presses on me, what gets squeezed out? Fasting helps us get sensitive to our need for the word, for the word to sustain us. And not only that, it was Jesus' only weapon in the wilderness. His biggest, greatest weapon against the devil was the word of God. Come on, somebody say every word. Because this is also what happens when we fast. Fasting helps us become stronger in our stance against the flesh and the devil. Why? Because the way the devil works is through our flesh. Okay? He lies to us and tries to arouse our sinful nature. We call it the flesh. To do things that don't please God. Right? This is what he was trying to do with Jesus. He was lying to him to try to get Jesus to do something in the flesh, which was uh, in the flesh, which was eat, right? And this is how the devil works against us. He tells us lies to try to get us to do stuff in the flesh. And how did Jesus combat him and stand against him and win the victory over him? The word. And the devil couldn't resist the word. It said he left him alone. <laughs> The devil comes against me. Does he come against you? I love it when he finally just leaves me alone. And then it doesn't take long. He's back with a new lie. He, did, he gave three lies to Jesus. He might come to you three times in the same day. Shoot, he might come to you three times in the same hour. We don't know exactly how long this period of time was that Jesus was tempted. I don't know if it was a matter of days or if it was once and then a week later. and then I don't know. We don't know. What we do know is that the devil came to him three times. Once wasn't enough. He pushed him and he pushed him again and he pushed him again. And every time he pushed him, out came the, the word. And the devil just had to stink and leave him alone. Not only that, angels came. Anybody want angels to come take care of you? They're attracted to the word of God. They're attracted to people who stand against 
the fallen angel. They're attracted to those who are like God and not like Satan. And this is the deal. Satan didn't have anything in Jesus. Nothing. He didn't have even a little toehold. I don't know about you, but I want to be like that. I want when the devil comes to me to like, well, nowhere to land. Nothing to grab. Every time I push him, he just spits out the word. Anybody want to be like that? I want to be like that. Fasting makes us stronger to stand against the devil and the flesh. And also fasting, uh, fasting prepares us to be used powerfully by the Spirit of God. You say, why are you saying that? Let's read what happened right after this. After Jesus finished his time of fasting and praying to the Father, after he resisted the devil, it says, uh, we're still in Matthew 4. Let's jump to verse 17. It says, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He began to preach the word of God. Let's jump forward to verse 23. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he, what? Healed every kind of disease and illness. And news about him spread as far as Syria. And the people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, even if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. His time of fasting prepared him, right? See, he had already been baptized in the Holy Spirit right before his time of fasting. He'd gone into the river and he said, John, you got to baptize me. And John said, why would I baptize you? He said, because I gotta, I, I, I've got to set the right example for everybody else, basically. Everything that God is requiring of people, I'm going to do because I came as one of them. Right? So ba he's baptizing the Jordan River and then he's baptizing the Holy Spirit. And then he goes into this time of fasting. And right after that, we see the rest of the gospel. Healing, setting people free from demons, even raising the dead. Fasting helps us. Helps us. I'm not saying it's a recipe. If I fast, I'm going to raise the dead. But you might. If I fast, I'm going to get a greater anointing for healing. It's not a formula, but it does work. <laughs> That's all I know to tell you. Because when we fast, we become more sensitive to the power, the power source, the Holy Spirit in us and upon us. Yes? Who wants to be used powerfully by the Spirit of God? All right. I'm going to build one more little piece of this, and we're going to be done for the day, because then we're going to take some time and start our week of prayer with some prayer. How about that? All right? One more, one more thing about fasting. Let's go for this. Let's go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, we're going to read about what we're going to do this week, starting today. This is what we're doing, okay? I chose to read this today because this is going to get us going in the right direction. 
among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man. Interesting nickname. Lucius from Cyrene called Whitey. Just kidding. No. <laughs> Manaean, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas. I love how the Bible gives nicknames. Anyway, okay. All these guys and their nicknames and Saul. One day as these men were doing what? Worshiping the Lord and fasting. And we'll see another thing they were doing in a minute. The Holy Spirit said appoint Barnabas and Saul for the what? Special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and they sent them on their way. And if you keep reading it, wow, revival came to a whole region of the world through them. Churches got planted, disciples got made, miracles happened. It all followed a time of worship fasting, and prayer. I want you to say worshiping, fasting, praying, worshiping, fasting, praying. Come on, say this week, I'm going to worship, fast, pray. This week, I'm going to worship. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. Come on, let's one more time. Let's say this week, we're going to worship. We're going to fast and we're going to pray together it is a triple powerful combo if you will worship fasting and prayer it's what we're going to be doing all week long it's what we're going to gather to do every night uh, this coming week we're going to worship we're going to be fasting and we're going to be praying together for about an hour or so every single night the whole point of our fasting is to pray I'm not saying there won't be health benefits. Some of our minds go, ooh, if I fast, I'll lose weight, right? <laughs> maybe. It doesn't always work, actually, but maybe. But they're, they're, we're not fasting just to stop eating for health benefits. We're fasting so our spirit can come alive, so our spirit can perk up, right? And the whole point of it is to pray. Now, listen, I've done this before, so I can tell you from experience. If you fast and you don't pray more, it's just suffering. Okay? Doesn't really help. You ever gone all day without eating and you weren't doing it on purpose, but you just got so busy you didn't eat and you're just suffering, right? If we fast without praying and without getting into the Word a little more than usual, that's why we're meeting every night to pray, because I know we always pray, but we're going to pray more this week, right? We're going to pray more this week and we're going to pray together more this week. Because the whole point of fasting is to is to pray. And it, it really, the whole point of fasting is just to pray better. Okay? To pray better. Better prayers. So that's what we're, we're, we're doing. Let me just give you a couple things here quickly. That is this. Fasting helps us make important decisions. We can see this in Acts 13. There was a very important decision that had to be made about Paul and Barnabas. Saul and Barnabas. And... So they were fasting, and then, listen, this is, this is cool. They were fasting and worshiping already, and they realized we need to make a decision. So what did they do? They fasted and prayed some 
more. And then they made the decision. Oftentimes when there's important decisions to make, we ought to fast. We ought to skip a meal or two and pray instead, okay, to hear what the Lord is saying. Fasting and prayer helps us make uh, important decisions. And, and, and along those same lines, fasting makes us keenly aware of God's will, his plans, and his purposes. Sometimes we're sort of at a loss for, what, well, what's God's will in this, right? What, what is his plan? What, what is his purpose here it may be cloudy or vague or blurry. And what happens when we fast, okay? What happens when we fast is all of a sudden we, come, we become, oh, we become aware. This is what God wants to do. So, not to repeat myself, but to repeat myself, fasting just helps us pray better. So that's what we're going to do. I want us... As we get ready to close, I want everybody, you should have gotten one, or if you've been here two Sundays, you got two of these. I want you to take it out. This is our prayer and fasting guide for the week. I want everybody to take a look at it, the side that says prayer and fasting, right? Okay? If you don't have one, I'm sure somebody else has an extra one. I know we have, oh, Bree has extra ones and, and Ashley in the back. You guys, just go ahead and kind of walk through the aisles. If, if you're lacking one of these, just lift your hand real quick and they'll give you one. Oh, all right. Keep your hand up until you got one. I want everybody to have one for now and to take with uh, you for this week. This is our guide. This is our guide for this week. Very good. And there's going to be extras out at the info bar or the orange table somewhere out in the lobby. Grab, if you want to grab two or three to put on your fridge or stick in your Bible or in your mirror, whatever, just take as many until they're gone, okay? This is our guide for this week. Seven days of fasting and prayer, January 9th to the 15th. What is today, y'all? It is January 9th. All right. And once again, Matthew 9, 15, but someday the groom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast. Just some tips. You may have been reading this if you've uh, seen our social media, but I wanted to read through it with you so that you can get started on the right foot. Number one, fasting tips. Go without solid food for a determined amount of time, okay? Decide how many meals you're going to skip. Are you going to skip one meal every day this week? Are you going to skip two meals three days this week? Are you going to skip an entire 24-hour period, 48-hour period? Whatever you're going to do, determine uh, a determined amount of time, how much you're going to go without solid food. Uh, if you're not used to fasting, start with one meal. If you've never fasted before, just start with one meal. Skip one meal and instead pray and get in the Word, okay? If you're used to fasting, do more. Number two, pray and read God's Word instead of eating, right? We already went through that. Don't just not eat. Pray and read the Word, Okay. Also, come to corporate prayer as much as you can this week. I would love to see you here every single night. I believe we're going to have a blowout every night in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Come on. Number three, this is something that's, uh, that people don't know. Drink plenty of water to stay hydrated, okay? Drink plenty of water to stay hydrated. Uh, and, and, I, and I focus on water because if you drink sugary stuff, what it's going to do is make your stomach hurt. It's going to make you hungry. Like more hunger, hungrier than you ought to be. <laughs> okay? Um, number four, avoid media, entertainment, and unnecessary conversation while fasting. Okay? Uh, 
you know, I know we keep up with, with church stuff on Instagram and Facebook and all that, and that's great and that's fine, but avoid just your, your um, mindless, pointless internet surfing this week, okay? And listen, listen, I, I know this, this shouldn't just be when we fast, but especially when we fast. Avoid stupid conversations. Because what we're trying to do is hear the voice of the Lord. We need to sort of just, you know what, no. <laughs> I'm going to be nice about it, but I just avoid unnecessary talk, okay, while you're fasting. And number five, write down what you hear the Lord speak to you. And don't just write it down, but respond and make plans to obey. <laughs> make plans to obey. I love how when the Lord said that what Saul and Barnabas were supposed to do, they just went out and did it. Okay, they plan to, and then they obey. How about we turn it over to the back side of it. It says seven nights of prayer, about which I'm so, so excited. Starting tonight, I hope to see everybody back here tonight at 7 o'clock. And every night this week, all the way through Saturday, we're going to meet and end. Uh, we're going to start off with a bang tonight, and we're going to end with a very, very extra special prayer on Saturday night. Liz is going to tell you more about that in a minute. But what, what should we expect this week? Listen. Oh, sorry. Before I say that, there was one thing that's not on the tips, but I just want to remind you. You, you. you can go look up Matthew 6 later, okay? But another tip, act normal while you're fasting, okay? Act normal. Don't be weird. Jesus said, don't fast like the Pharisees who walk around, you know. I'm so hungry. All right? Don't, 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 don't make a show of your fasting. Just act normal. Okay? Jesus said, comb your hair. Take a shower. Act normal. Just be normal while you're fasting. All right. That could have been tip number six. All right. Tip number six for Matthew 6. Go look it up. All right. But what should we expect as we come together in prayer this week? Well, these are words that the Lord gave me back, I believe, in November about this week. And these are the two scriptures. Isaiah 56, 7. I will fill them with joy where at in my house of prayer i believe there is a renewed joy coming to us individually the joy of our salvation and the joy of the lord that is our strength and the joy of the lord is going to fill our hearts in this house amen we're going to be filled with joy prayer is not a heavy burden prayer is something that ought to make us happy and he's going to fill us with joy as we come together and pray. And then Zechariah 1, 3 says, Therefore say to the people, This is what the Lord of heaven's army says, Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I really believe that as we turn our hearts to God in prayer, his presence is going to return. His, his, his glory is going to return to us and, and, and even come in a new way that we've never experienced. I really believe that. As we return to him, he's going to return to us. And down at the bottom is our prayer target. Is this all the only things we ought to pray? No. Pray about everything the Holy Spirit puts in your heart. But as a church family, we are targeting four things this week. Families. Pray for your family. And in our nights of prayer, we're going to be praying for our families and our church family, okay? Souls. We're going to pray for people to be saved this year. Yes? 
disciples to be made and revival to come, right? For the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Yes? Who's excited about what God's going to do in our week of fasting and prayer? I'm extra excited if the lovely Liz will join us here because it's not just adults that are going to fast and pray. Our kids are going to fast and pray. And there's going to be extra special stuff going on every night of the week in our seven nights of prayer for children. Thank you, Hunter. I am so excited because um, a couple of years ago, my kids were smaller, but uh, I ran into a fasting idea for kids. And I've been waiting years until my kids can actually do it. And so this year with my family, with my kids, we get to do it. Um, this fasting schedule is more for your older kids, elementary kids. And, and you as a parent, you can decide um, if your kid can do this or not. Maybe, you know, maybe your kid can do it and he's four and five. So you guys, I'll let you guys decide that. But I'll start saying that this uh, family, um, I mean, this week of prayer, right, it kinds of as parents put like a, uh, you know, because it's every single night with our kids that go to school or that have um, routines and things like that. And I feel like uh, most of the time we can think, oh, that's just too much. And something that I've learned through the years is that my kids will follow my, my attitude towards church. You know, and I've done a lot of research because as, a, uh, as being pastors, I've always, you know how you hear people like, I grew up and my parents traumatized me by bringing me to church and doing all those things. Have you, I mean, I don't, well, maybe it's just me. But I always like done research about <clears throat> like other pastors and other leaders. I'm always asking like, how did you grow up loving church? You know, like you're serving God and you're loving it. And, 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 and it was actually Pastor Joel Hunter's mentor because he grew up doing church since he was born. I would say, like, how do you still love it and how you did not hate it? And he told me something. You know, I always, it, it's, it's, this is key for moms especially. You know, mom play a big part in this. If my mom was happy at church, I was happy. If it became a burden for my mom, it was a burden for me. And I didn't know that, but it's true. If I am like, I have to go, you know, one more time and, and hassle. And I know it's a challenge, right, because we have to get them ready and feed them and all that stuff. But since that, it really impacted my life. So when I share about the week of prayer with my kids, I'm not like, you guys, it's going to be hard work, you know. We're going to have to do extra things. We're not going to eat dinner. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to eat dinner. But I'm like, hey. This week, we get to go to church every single night. Can you believe it? And we're going to be praying, and you're going to learn how to pray, and we're going to be fasting together. And they're like, we're going to fast? Yes, I'm going to tell, you know. So it is a lot. I know dads play a big time, but it returns to your attitude. For some reason, mom is bigger in this sense of coming to church. I'm not saying that you don't play a big role. You do. You have to read the books that Hunter is reading. He'll tell you later. So anyways, the fasting schedule for our, our bigger kids, you know, it's fun because they get to pick what they want to fast. So these are the options that they have. My favorite snack, video games, favorite food, favorite cereal, or favorite TV show. So they put their name and they pick what they want to do every week. So you guys, we do it as a family. We, this, I believe that this is going to start good conversations, and, and, and I love because I, I want my kids to do this with us, to do ministry, the Howards do ministry, the Howards fast, the Howards pray, and the Howards love church. 
So this is, it does not matter if you're a single mom or if you're, the, if, if you're a single dad. You know, you just put, a, you put your last name. I don't know, whatever your last name is. Like the, 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 give me a last name. The pages. The pages, we go to church. The pages, we serve God. The pages, we are going to go one week, you know, and we're going to fast and pray together. So if you're a parent and you think your, your kids could try this, raise your hand because we want to give you a copy. So if you think this is something I would like to try with my kids, and they'll give you. And then another very cool thing that we are doing, keep your hand, keep your hand up so they don't, don't. Now, we're also so excited because we um, developed a, a, a lessons for this week for your kids about prayer. And they're going to be working in a book that says, I can pray. Because I want Anna and Oliver that when they have issues, when, they have, when they're afraid, when they have troubles, when they're confused, I want them to run to prayer. I don't want them to run to their peers. I don't want them to run to the TV. I don't want them to run to anything, but I want them to know how to pray. And I want to train them to use this weapon and destroy the works of the enemy. Because God says that, you know, you've heard this, not just by me, but everywhere, that, that there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's not kid version Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that's in us, it's in them. So I want to teach them and, and, and I want them to learn to tap into that power till they're like three years old, two years old, all the way until they are like married. <laughs> so anyways, we, we developed this book and we're going to be teaching them the Lord's Prayer. So each day we're, we divided the Lord's Prayer into six parts and they're going to be building from tonight and then they're going to be building the Lord's Prayer every single day and we're going to uh, teach them how to use it in their own words and they're going to be uh, learning how to write their prayers and so we, then they'll take this home and practice and so please, if you come with your kids, uh, please ask them about their, their, their prayer notebook, what they learned today and how you can pray. You know, like the first part, you know, uh, the first, oh gosh, sorry. It's, it's, um, yes, the first part is actually at the bottom. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your, your name. So then at home, at night, during lunch, during the day, you pray that prayer with your kid. And that's going to bring unity. And then you can talk about what can I pray for you? How can we? And you're going to be hearing what's heavy in their hearts. Sometimes, you know, we don't know what our kids are going through. But when you ask questions and you say, oh, this is what you learned. What would you like to pray? Then you're going to maybe hear something that you were not aware. So you can be, you know what, what Hunter was saying, that fasting gives us um, discernment, new level of discernment. And it also gives us um, how to make decisions. You know, maybe fasting and prayer is going to help you make decisions that you need to be making about your kids. And about your family. And about your high schoolers. Maybe you, you've been not aware of these decisions that are important. Um, oh, yes. Okay, so six days we're going to be teaching this. And then Saturday we're going to do something that we have never done. And it could be a total win or we will see. But we're going to do a family prayer night. So the kids, every family, like all our kids are going to join us for prayer that day. 
Saturday. We're going to remove some of the chairs. We're going to have some fun instruments and things for the kids to worship with us, to pray. We're going to practice the prayer then with them. We're going to go together with, through the Lord's Prayer. There's actually also a, a song that they're going to be learning about the Lord's Prayer. that They're going to do it on stage Saturday. So it's going to be a family thing because I believe as parents, we must lead our kids into the presence of God. It's not the church's responsibility, even though we're going to try as the kids' pastors. I'm trying hard. But if you don't take your role, the enemy is going to take his role. The teachers are going to replace you. The peers are going to replace you. And we don't have time for that in this dark hour. We have to fight. And then if you're a young person and you say, what the heck does this have to do with me? You have to have vision for how you want your family to look like. You're going to be more prepared than we were to stand up and to dream about your family and have the values from now on. You know, like this is how my family is going to look. So if a creepy comes and wants to marry you, you're going to be like, you, have, you don't match any of my values and my dreams, so peace out. Okay, so if you, you don't sound anything like the dream that I have, so peace out, you know. Um, uh, so few things, practical things. Bring your kids in their pajamas. Bring them ready. We are going to have a small meal for them, especially uh, all the preschool to elementary. Uh, we're going to have a small meal for them because I know my kids are, like, hungry all the time. And, like, if I feed them dinner and then I bring them to church, they're going to be hungry when we get home. And guess what? They're going to get energy again. But we're going to help you with that. Bring them in their pajamas. We're going to prepare a small meal for them. So when you take them by the grace of God and in the name of Jesus, they're going to go to bed immediately. <laughs> so anyways, I am excited. Please pray for our kids. Pray for our youth. Let's, let's, I'm just so excited to see revival amongst our children. And, and I want our kids to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And I want our kids to see us praying for them and modeling prayer and worship Saturday. And, yeah, it's going to be super fun. And everyone that has those kids that are going to be coming, I want you to make sure that you ask them, what's the song you're learning? And put it on your Spotify or Apple Music or whatever and listen to it with them. It's called I Can Pray. But ask them to show you, tell you about it. Um, we're going to end our service a little bit, uh, you know, differently than usual today. I'm just going to go ahead and mention this so that I don't have to interrupt at the end. But uh, as has already been said, if you're here for the first time, you're extremely special guest to us. We have an orange table out in the lobby. If you'd fill out the orange card or the QR code there, visit us at the orange table before you go. We have a little gift for you. Also, if you don't have a Bible of your own, you need a Bible. We have extra Bibles available. We'd love to give you one, okay? If you don't have one, they're also at, at the orange table. All right. With that being said, I want to ask the worship team to come, and I want to ask everybody else to stand up. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.